Hey, Daddy. What's up, man? You know what we're going to be talking about today? What? Mummies. Oh, I love mummies. I especially like the one from the Curse of the Mummy movie. Oh, uh, no. I, one... I mean, I mean mothers. Oh, like I said, makes sense because it's Mother's Day. Yeah, let's, let's talk about mummies. I mean, yeah. mommies. Welcome to Geekology 101. My name is Joshua. And I am Diego. So today, we are doing something a little bit different. We are doing a Mother's Day episode. Because technically, when this episode airs, it is uh, Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. So we're going to do a top 15 fictional mothers episode today. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. And we're going to start off with number 15 and uh, work our way up to our three top choices, which we had to debate about a little bit, mm-hmm. right? Because you were like, hey, no, it's this one. Yep. And you're like, no, this one is more important than the other one. Yep. I have to be honest, from like the from like number eight down, from mm-hmm. number eight, number eight through fifteen, I feel like we were kind of loose with a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then, honestly, the top like seven spots were pretty important. So those were the ones that we debated over the most. Mm-hmm. And uh, another important point to note is that this list is based off of stuff that we have both watched. Mm-hmm. There's only a couple of things that I no. may have seen that you haven't, mm-hmm. like right? Game of Thrones. Right? Shh, don't break the preview. Don't. Uh, we didn't tell who from Game of Thrones. This is true, but there's only several famous moms in Game of Thrones that. <gasps> I actually forgot one that I'm going to have to do as an honorable mention. Okay. Oh, man. So, and the reason why, now here's the thing. I have to include Game of Thrones because Game of Thrones is Game of Thrones. But Joshua hasn't seen Game of Thrones, so I didn't want to put him. Yeah, that's the one that I forgot. Is she a mom? Yeah. How did you know this? Oh, yeah. Wasn't The mother of dragons. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know how I forgot her. Well, I guess because she didn't actually give birth to the dragons. But anyway, yeah. Um, the Game of Thrones moms, they're not probably ranked along in the right place that they would be for me individually. But we obviously have to but, debate. Yeah, we got to make it balanced out for us. Mm-hmm. So thank you for letting me include them in the list, though. Yeah. All right. So my, my number 16, I guess now, as an honorable mention, would be Khaleesi, the Mother of Dragons. And I know that Game of Thrones fans are out there like throwing virtual tomatoes at me, imaginary <laughs> tomatoes at me, because like, how dare you not include the mother of dragons in the top ten? <laughs> virtual tomatoes. Yep. Uh, so forgive me. Forgive me. Forgive me, my lords. It was not my intention to offend you. Anyway, uh, but yeah, Khaleesi, I need to throw her in there, because, oh my god, I don't know how I forgot her. Yeah, so she's my honorable mention, and she really shouldn't be. She really should be high on the list, but anyway, I'm sorry. Okay, uh, number 15. Uh, Laura Barton from the MCU. Yeah, Laura Barton from the MCU. So Laura Barton is... We saw her in basically two movies. Did we see her in just two movies? Which ones? Uh, Age of Ultron and Endgame. That's right. But I feel like she plays a pretty important role because, number one, she's one of the only moms in the MCU. I mean... If you really think about it, um, what other moms are there in the MCU? Um... That we've seen? Like actual biological mothers that gave birth to children. Um, Pepper Potts, you know, but that's Pepper only... Pepper Potts and also Tony Stark's mom we saw. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Maria Stark. At the Stark. beginning of uh, Thingy Thing. Of Thingy Thing, correcto. Of 
we got so, we got a couple of mother like figures, which we'll mention one of them. But uh, but yeah, Laura Barton, she's like the one of the only moms in the NCU that actually gave birth to three kids, and they're like normal kids. And she's like she puts up <laughs> with uh, Clint Barton's whole lifestyle as a secret agent and a hero. Mm-hmm. Like she's just chilling in their farmhouse, hoping that he doesn't die while fighting aliens or killer robots. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, can't wait to welcome him back home when he comes back from a mission. So I feel like she needs, she deserves to be on this list. Cause I mean, she's like a really dedicated mom. Mm-hmm. And at any moment, her husband could die from some, you know, horrible catastrophe because of a villain and boom, like she doesn't have a husband anymore, mm-hmm. you know? Um, also, well, she still has her daughter, which will eventually become Hawkeye, but will she though? I don't think so. He called her Hawkeye. He called her Hawkeye, but I think that was just a little Easter egg because Hawkeye has never actually been mentioned in the in the MCU. Mm. But Hawkeye is actually going to be they have an actress, I believe Hailey Steinfeld already cast for that role. For to play actual Hawkeye, the one that Clint is going to train. Mm. So I don't think his daughter is supposed to become uh Hawkeye. I mean, he was training her how to shoot a bow and arrow. He was. Yes, he was. Yeah, I'm actually curious to see what happens with that. Mm-hmm. But anyway, back to Laura Barton. Another thing that I feel she deserves credit for is that she, I think, was the first phone call after the snap was reversed. You remember that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like the way that Clint realized, like the way that we knew for sure is like, oh, they're back. Mm-hmm. You know, the people who had who had faded away are back is because she called uh, Clint on his cell phone. Mm-hmm. What is it that uh, new rock stars said about that phone call? Like, oh, my God, he he, they, he still had a family plan going after all these years mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. OK, so that's our number 15. Number 14. We've got Fiona from Shrek. Mm-hmm. Who became a mom at the end of Shrek 2, was it? Yeah, at the end of Shrek 2, and we saw the little ogre babies in Shrek 3. Little Shrek babies. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, she's a really cool character, you know? Mm-hmm. She's a fun character. She can turn into an ogre. Yep, she she's can a turn human into an ogre. She can turn into an ogre. She's got that whole Hulk thing going on. And uh, that's as much as we can really say about her. I mean, she's a fun character in the movie. Mm-hmm. I love that she's not like a damsel in distress. Like, she can kick some butt. She even does the Matrix kick in Shrek 1. <laughs> you remember that? <laughs> they can bend time by kicking yes. people in the head. Bullet time in Storyland, uh, story fairy tale land, or whatever it was called. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so that's Fiona. She's our number fourteen, and also from the world of Shrek is Dragon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dragon is, of course, the one that ends up being the spouse or whatever of Donkey. Mm-hmm. And they have how um, a donkey and a dragon make babies. I don't care to even know. But they have some babies that they're are called. They're called drankies. What drankies? Are you? Is this a fact? Yeah, it said it in the Wikipedia page. Really? Yeah. Drankies? Mm-hmm. That sounds like they drink alcohol or something. <laughs> <laughs> drankies. That's that's horrible. But anyway, yeah, there's like these babies that kind of look like half donkeys, half dragons. They're they're donkeys with wings. Yeah, they're kind of disturbing to me. I don't know. Uh, they're the kind of babies that only a mother could love. Yeah. Particularly a dragon mother. The dragon doesn't really have a name. She's just called Dragon. Donkey mm-hmm. just calls her Dragon. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Dragon is our number 13 spot. Honestly, she made the list. Why did she make the list? She made the list. Because she's interesting. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because she made Drankies, you know? <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, that's our number 13. Number 12. This was your pick, and this was an interesting find. I didn't even know about this. Tell the people mm-hmm. about it. So, uh, 
in Injustice 2, um, there's a little cutscene uh, in the arcade mode. Yeah. Um, for Harley Quinn. And at the end, it shows Harley Quinn. It shows that she actually has a child who mm-hmm. thinks that Harley Quinn is her aunt. Yeah, that's really interesting. Like, she was saying something about... Uh, now that she's working with Batman, like she's working with the good guys, that it's not that bad. And then she said something like, hopefully, maybe one day little, what's her name, Lucy? Mm-hmm. Little Lucy can find out that I'm actually not her aunt or something like that. Her, yeah. That I'm not just Aunt Harley. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I thought it was pretty cool. But again, you know, Harley Quinn is an awesome character. Mm-hmm. She's Why not did... usually seen as a mom. Yeah. This is a one-off scenario in a very particular particular corner of, I guess we can call it the multiverse. There's also comics of Injustice, but... But that's an area that's not really explored, right? Uh, I mean, it's obviously in the same universe as Injustice. Mm, okay. But... Which, ex- which that area also explains how Dick Grayson died, but we're not going to get into that. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, Harley Quinn, uh, not really characterized as a mom usually, but this we is- tried to average out the fact that she's a very popular character. And it's kind of an interesting fact that in this multiverse scenario, she um, she ended up, uh, she turned out to be a mom, which honestly, it's not like a far-fetched thing when you really think about it. Mm-hmm. They could easily incorporate that into like the regular Harley Quinn storyline mm-hmm. that she has a child who thinks she's Aunt Harley. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of interesting. All right. So, yeah, Harley Quinn, number 12. Number 11. Here's where we get into uh, Game of Thrones territory. And thank you, Joshua, for letting me include them this high up in the list, even though you're not familiar with them. And I'll talk about the next two. Number- the next one is Catelyn Stark. Catelyn Stark, yes. She is the mother of the Stark kids. And for anybody who likes Game of Thrones, you know exactly why I would be including her in this list. Uh, Let's just say that the Starks in Game of Thrones don't do as well as the Starks in the MCU. Actually, the Starks in the MCU did pretty terrible, now that I think about it. What do you mean they didn't do good? Howard Stark and Maria Stark got assassinated by the Winter Soldier. Uh, Tony Stark ended up having to give his life and sacrifice to save humanity. And now, uh, what is his daughter's name? Megan? Maguna? (laughs) I'm pretty sure he calls her Maguna. He does, but her name is... Morgan. Morgan. Now now Morgan Stark doesn't have her dad, and now... And now her mom is basically an Iron Man. Yeah, I don't know if she's going to pursue that line of work, though. But anyway, yeah. And I guess, a pretty cool suit. I guess it's not a good last name to have this Stark last name because in Game of Thrones, basically, out of a family that starts off with, uh, I don't know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, like seven people. There's only like three left in the end. Maybe that can be an honorable they mention. Horribly. What? Uh, Morgan's mom. Pepper Potts? Yeah. You know what? You're right. Pepper Potts should be an honorable mention on this list. She's in like every Iron Man movie. She is. It's just that the only, and we did bring her up while we were creating the list, but the only reason why she didn't make the top the list was because she only appeared as a mom in the very last movie. Yeah. But you know what? We included Harley Quinn. We really should have included her in here. There was, um, there was. That was a disservice to Pepper Potts. Forgive us, Pepper. At the beginning. At the beginning of uh, Infinity War, they mentioned that she's... Uh, oh, wait, no. That was just mentioning that they were getting married. Never mind. Yes, that's right. So anyway, uh, yeah, Pepper Potts should be on this list. I, mm-hmm. I don't know why we didn't end up bringing circling back around to her. So that is an honorable mention. Yeah, yeah, honorable mention. 
Um, anyway, so Catelyn Stark really didn't have a good uh, time of it. Like, but she fought for her children. She fought till the end until she got brutally murdered. As oh many, my God. many people did in uh, Game of Thrones. Anyway, so, um, then comes Cersei Lannister. Cersei Lannister is another character from Game of Thrones, and man, is she a complex mother. Uh, because she oh god. All right, I'm not gonna get into her whole story, but let's just say that she was willing to pretty much like destroy an entire kingdom of people for the sake of her children. Uh, wow. she was, it was, she was sold out for the sake of her kids. So yeah, uh, to me and to any Game of Thrones fans, even though she was a villainous character, he was, yeah, you got to give her props. Cause like as a mother, she fought for her kids. Um, so yeah, that's Cersei Lannister. All right. Uh, number nine, this is an interesting one. Poison Ivy. <laughs> yes. It's weird. Yeah. Because she's not a biological mother. But you kind of have to include her because she always refers to her plants as her, like, children. As her babies. Yeah. Yeah. And she has this very motherly, like, it, she's a very interesting villain because when you look at Batman's villains, they're all very, like, elemental. Mm-hmm. Like you look at Mr. Freeze, right? He represents cold and ice. Mm-hmm. You look at Clayface, he represents earth and clay, right? Mm-hmm. You look at. Clayface um, is kind of like Sandman. Yeah, yeah, very similar. You look at um, Scarecrow, he literally just represents fear, mm-hmm. right? Like, even his look is all tailored around a Scarecrow. They also kind of made Scarecrow from DC and Fortnite. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Um, and so, and then you got Poison Ivy, who really is like a representation of like an evil mother nature. Mm-hmm. You know that term, mother nature? Mm-hmm. Uh, which is supposed to represent like, you know, all of nature. But in this case, it's this woman who personifies that character in like a twisted way. And nature way. is literally, she's like literally the mother of nature. Right, exactly. And so she calls her plants her babies. And whenever somebody hurts a plant, like she feels pain. So she's so interconnected with these plants that I feel like she deserves to be up in this list because um, she's a twisted kind of mother in a mm-hmm. way. So um, number eight. From uh, Pixar, yes, is Laurel Lightfoot from Onward? Yeah, and this is a she. She came into our lives fairly recently, but I I love that character. She mm-hmm. was cool. At the end, she became a warrior and she fought that <laughs> stone dragon with yes. the face I never want to imagine again. It was so scary. Oh yeah, so horrifying. But yeah, her character is really interesting because of the fact that like when the movie starts off, I didn't expect for her to like fight a dragon Mm -hmm. i thought she was just gonna be a cool mom and then her kids were gonna go off on an adventure and we really weren't gonna see her again until the end or something Mm -hmm. but instead no she's completely like hands-on and she goes and finds the manticore and becomes friends with her and they go on like their own separate adventure and then boom there she is fighting a dragon towards the end right along with her kids that puts you in the top 10 spot of our list for sure i mean Mm -hmm. she's a she's a dope mom eight well, yeah, I'm saying like top one through ten sort oh, of thing. Okay. Anyway, but yeah, she's um she's much more than just a cool mom, and she is a cool mom too. Mm-hmm. Like just as a mom, she was pretty cool, pretty dope. Yeah, the dragon dog. What? The dragon that they, oh yeah that they like that it's act like a dog. Yeah, the poo the the pooch the dragon pooch. Mm-hmm. So uh, a number seven spot is Sarah Connor. Yes, this is one of my favorites, and this was a no, tough you forgot one. something. You forgot something. What? Oh. Yes. 
Um, this was a tough one for me to drop down to the number seven spot. And I'll we had to, yes, uh, we had to really debate this one mm -hmm. along with the other ones in the top six spots she that you're about to hear. It is a definite, like, dad. Yes, 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 yes. Look, like, as far as fictional moms, moms within a fictional world, in the in the Terminator mythology, she is incredibly important because of the fact that she is the mother of the leader of the resistance. And not only does she serve the purpose of giving birth She's to that man. She's a warrior. She is he a fighter. Terminators. Yes. Mm -hmm. And we see her in that entire like in the it's really cool her evolution because in the first Terminator movie, she really is a damsel in distress, right? Like she at first she starts off as like a very common, I think she works like at a fast food place or something. And suddenly she starts being hunted by this relentless machine and she doesn't know why. Doesn't it like kill her? Doesn't it like kill multiple versions of her? No, not multiple versions, but people who happen to have the same last name, the same first and last and name. And he's like, name. oh, wait, dang it. I killed a different person. Yeah. He's like, uh, oops. <laughs> he actually says that. No, but I wish he did. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oopsie nighta. <laughs> anyway, uh, so uh, she then, in, and then in Terminator, by the end of Terminator 1, when Kyle Reese has like protected her throughout the whole movie, Kyle, Kyle Reese is uh, John Connor's father who traveled oh, back yeah. in time. Yeah. Wait, he was in the first Terminator movie? Yeah, man. Classic character from Terminator for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she She's like uh, learning a little bit from Kyle Reese throughout the movie. And by the end, when Kyle Reese is pretty much getting uh, killed by the Terminator, um, she has to take matters into her own hands. She survives and she crushes the Terminator in that uh, machine in the factory. Then in Terminator 2, she like goes up a hundred notches and she comes back as a total badass. Come with me if you want to live. Wait, she doesn't say that in that movie. Kyrie actually. says it to her in the first movie. Oh, and then she and says then it. Good Arnold, good T T eight one hundred. I mean T eight hundred uh, says it to her in the second one. Uh, are you sure? Positive, man. I'm pretty sure she says Dude, it in I Genesis. Have, listen, I think I have seen this movie. Oh, yes. She says it in... Uh, in Genesis, the Sarah Connor uh, um, actress says it. You're right. Mm -hmm. She's yeah, like, yeah. come with me if you want to live. Yes, that is that is correct. To though. Kyle Reese, I think. That's correct. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so anyway, in T2, she comes back in full force. She's a warrior. She's a fighter. She knows all sorts of weaponry, uh, tactics, strategy. Like, she's teaching John Connor all the basics of being a warrior, you know? John Connor? Her son, yeah. And in... In T2, in Terminator 2. She has... She has what? Oh, yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, and then, um, and now she comes back, played by Linda Hamilton again, in Terminator Dark Fate, mm -hmm. and she's like even more, more of a tough lady mm -hmm. in that movie because she she's a rocket launcher at a liquid metal yes. slash uh, skeleton Terminator. Yep, right after saying, I'll be back. Mm -hmm. So there you go, it comes full circle. All right, so yeah, Sarah Connor, man, such an important character, such an awesome um, evolution of a character throughout the span of her appearances in the movies. In this movie, there's also a half human, half Terminator. Also, uh, in the oh yeah, mm -hmm. why? But she's not a mom. I don't know. I was just dude. We're her. only talking about moms, I know, bro. I was just, we mentioned a bunch of other characters. Okay, moms. maybe we did. Fun fact: 
Sarah Connor has been also played by two women who are really important actresses in Game of Thrones. She has. Yeah, in the in the car in the cartoon show in the TV show Sarah Connor Chronicles, which only went for like two or three seasons. Is it? She is played like a Terminator TV show. It is. Yeah, she's played by Lena Headey or Heedy, whatever her last name is, who plays Cersei Lannister in Game of Thrones. Mm. This was years years back, and then in Terminator Genesis. She's played by uh, Emilia, uh, what's her name, who uh, plays uh, Khaleesi, the mother of dragons, who I failed to mention. Please forgive me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, Sarah Connor has connections to uh, the mother of dragons and Cersei Lannister. Mm -hmm. The way the world works. All right. Let's go on to number six. Very, very, very important character. Padme in... Amidala. Yes. In the Star Wars universe. Man, Padme Amidala, the mama of Luke Skywalker. And Leia Organa. Mm -hmm. and, Leia Organa? Yeah. You know, that's one thing that I always felt like it's a shame that she never got called Leia Skywalker somehow. Yeah. I almost wish that she could have. But then again, you know, Bail Organa, her adoptive father, like he was a really good man to her. He protected her. He raised her as a princess. Like, I guess, yeah, it would be kind of dishonor, dishonoring his his name. Yeah. 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 But anyway, yeah. Uh, Padme Amidala, of course, like not only did, is she important because she became the, the mother of Luke Skywalker and Leia Organa, but she was important in the prequel trilogy throughout the Clone Wars cartoon series. Like we see her kick and butt, man, left and right. She is a fighter. She's a warrior. And she's incredibly smart. She's a senator. She knows the law. She knows politics. And she was really, really good at it. And she was a queen. She served as both a senator and the queen. I mean, and, she's an awesome all-around character. And unfortunately, she dies. <laughs> yes, she does. And why did she die? Because she lost the will to live, the little droid said. Or because maybe... No, no, know. he said that. He did, but I don't know. Maybe maybe hmm. Anakin totally didn't force choke her before that. I don't know. Maybe he didn't. Well, excuse me. I guess you're saying that he choked her more than he remembered? Yeah. Are you trying to say, no, like Anakin said when the <laughs> Emperor told him that he killed her? <laughs> no. 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 Man, I, you know, I watched, a hey, I watched that scene the other day. It's so creepy how when like uh, when Darth Anakin now for the first time as Darth Vader is talking to the Emperor and he's like you know where's Padme and then um, because of course Anakin Skywalker uh, after he became Darth Vader also became a black man. He did. Yes. Oh, I'm kidding, <laughs> man. The voice is anyway. Uh, but uh, the um, the Emperor when he tells them you know it appears in your rage. You killed Padme. Yeah. And then Anakin, you know, like he steps out off, off the ledge thing and, and he's he, like, no. And he crushes and, the blood bag and he's but, like, no. Oh, yeah. But listen, the creepy thing is that you see like the emperor like taking a little step back and he has this really creepy smile on his face. He does? Yeah, because he knows that that grief and that pain is going to like push Darth Vader closer to the dark side, more mm -hmm. and more to the dark side. No. And so he's like, <laughs> <laughs> he has this really creepy uh, look on his face. Anyway, let's get back to moms. So, Padme Amidala is number six. Number five. Marge Simpson. Yes, sir. The Simpsons. Miss Simpson herself. 
I mean, you can't talk about moms in fictional worlds without talking about Marge Simpson. Mm-hmm. She's literally been the same age, I think, for like 40 years or something. Yeah. She is incredible. She's awesome. Her hair is on fleek. She is the bluest haired lady I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Besides. Billie Eilish. Yeah. But I think she doesn't have blue hair anymore. Yeah. That's a shame. So, yeah, Marge Simpson. Um, I mean, I don't think we have to explain The Simpsons or her role in The Simpsons. She if is you haven't she is. seen The Simpsons, like, you have to have heard of The Simpsons at least. Yeah, at the very least. All right, number four. Very, very important within the comic book world. Our number four pick is... Aunt May. So this was a really tough one. Mm-hmm. Because Aunt May, of course, she's not an actual biological mom. She's basically an adopted mom. She's an adoptive mom to Peter Parker. But I feel like without Aunt May in his life, he would not have turned out the same. You know? He probably wouldn't have even turned into Spider-Man. You don't think so? Probably not. Why? How would you figure that? Because Aunt May and Uncle Ben... Force him to go on that field trip to get bitten by the spider? I don't know. I'm saying... I'm trying to figure out where you're going with this. Go ahead. Why? Also, um, <laughs> if... Um, if his if his parents hadn't died, and if Aunt May and Uncle Ben hadn't come with them, yeah, then uh, Uncle Ben wouldn't have said, "With great power comes great responsibility." Yes. Which I don't know what that has to do with Aunt May, though. He didn't tell him that while he was dying. You creepazoid. Wait, no. That how how? That's so dark. That's no, not, but, those weren't his last words. I know, but I was trying to make it sound like an old guy, but not dying. <laughs> like. <laughs> Okay, great fair power enough. comes great responsibility. Yes. Why can't you just say it? Okay, fine, because you're trying to be an old man. Okay, gotcha. But yeah, Aunt May. We're talking about Aunt May here. So um, another reason why she deserves to be on the top of the list is she, because she is one of the few characters in fiction who has aged backwards. Yep. Yep. She starts off in the first Spider-Man movie, the one with the Tobey Maguire movie, the Sam Raimi movie. As like an 80-year-old woman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Clearly like an elderly woman. And then she gets played in the Amazing Spider-Man movie series, uh, movie franchise. She gets played by clearly a younger woman. I forget her name. She's a very famous actress. I shouldn't forget her name. But um, And then finally in the MCU version of Aunt May. She's like a 30-year-old woman. She's like younger than my mom somehow. <laughs> Played She's like by thirty year old woman. Yeah, played by Marissa Tomei, who clearly doesn't age. Like she's looked the same for who knows how long. And uh, yeah, so for that reason, also she deserves to be towards the top of the list. Yeah. Um, but in all seriousness, though, Aunt May really is very, very important. She is like the moral center of Spider Man mm-hmm. because. Yes, Uncle Ben is immortalized for the famous words of great with great power comes great responsibility. And the death of uh, Uncle Ben was very key in the creation of Spider-Man. But Aunt May was the one who was there after all that, Mm -hmm. who helped him process the grief of having lost Uncle Ben, who who helped him like stay focused, you know, unfortunately dies in the Spider-Man video game. Oh, yeah, that was a Mm. sad twist because of COVID-19 because of (laughs) COVID-19. Anyway, um, Aunt May, very, very important character within the fictional world of Fiction. All right. Um, number three, ladies and gentlemen, from the Adventures of the Incredibles. Is Elastigirl. Elastigirl. This is one of my favorites. I feel like 
if this were my list alone, I probably would have had her like in the second or first spot, possibly. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Because she not only is she a legit mom, like she is raising these kids. She has three kids. She has three kids, and one of them is like a raging little monster who has like a billion powers. He, ha- he has like laser eyes and visibility. Yep. Turns into a little turns into a little troll creature. Or a a fire monster. A fire monster. A bubblegum guy. He does. He can float and he can turn giant for some reason. Mm-hmm. He can also <laughs> he also has like a, a bunch of visions. He can beat up a raccoon. He can beat up. He has a real vendetta against rac- raccoons, man. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I would love a spinoff what if movie of just what's his name? Jack Jack? Jack Jack. Of Jack versus... Jack fighting a, rac- a bunch of raccoons. No, sir. Rocket Raccoon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that should be an episode in the Marvel What If on Disney Plus. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, Elastic Girl, man, not only is she a great mom but and a great wife, like, honestly, she's kind of like outside of uh, Mr. Incredible's League, if you ask my opinion, but she's a badass hero. Like, mm-hmm. she's legit superhero, and I love that in Incredibles 2, we got to see her like as the central hero of the of the movie. Mm-hmm. I just absolutely love Elastigirl, and uh, she is our number three spot. Are right, you ready to get into this, man? Number two and number one. Yeah, I think I am. Yeah. Okay. 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 Urgh. Number two, Martha Wayne. What? Why did you say that name? I'm kidding. I'm quoting Batman versus Superman. <laughs> it wasn't like, wait, was it, yes. was it a good movie? Was it a good movie, you're asking? Hmm. The, mm. It depends. Do you want to light the internet on fire right now, or do you prefer to keep peace with people? I'm going to light the internet on fire. You want to light the internet on fire? Yeah. Oh, man. Okay, I thought it was a pretty decent movie, and I think that people criticize it too much. Yeah. I think we may have to shut the show down now. Yeah. Because the whole world disagrees, apparently. Mm-hmm. I'm kidding. Not the whole world does, but a lot of people do. I, I personally like Batman versus Superman. It was one of the it was one of the good movies besides uh Suicide Squad. Yeah. I agree. I, I thought it was a fine movie. I think that there are some thin plot points. I think that um uh they shouldn't have introduced excuse me, rushed to introduce Wonder Woman as part of that movie. They shouldn't have rushed to kill Superman and introduce Doomsday. Like, I feel like some things, they were rushed, and it was just the rush that the Warner Brothers and DC were in to get to, like, a Marvel-level movie. They should have they done that, though. Like, yeah, yeah, do, I agree. They should have done what Marvel did or do something different. Go slowly with it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they didn't, and some things... It was still a good there movie. Are, yeah, there are some things that I didn't like about the movie, but to be completely honest, the whole thing of Martha... Mm-hmm. That people criticize so much is not one of them. I don't think that that was a big deal, like the big deal that people are making it to be. Why did you say that name? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, aside from the fact that Martha Wayne, the name Martha, helped solve the problems between Batman and Superman, mm-hmm. what else is special about Martha Wayne, sir? Well, she basically drives the entire Batman universe. Yeah, without her, there ain't no Bruce Wayne. There ain't no, yeah, and there also ain't no Batman. There ain't no Batman, and without Batman, there ain't no Robin, Nightwing, Batgirl. There ain't no DC, basically. There ain't a lot of what makes DC interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so Martha Wayne, I think, is a very, very important character. Never mind. 
Okay. I was going to say there ain't no Justice League, but there can be a Justice League game with Batman. There can, yeah, but they just won't have Batman in that such a sad world that would be. Yeah. So thank you, Martha Wayne, for giving us Bruce Wayne. Mm -hmm. And then you've got in the alternate uh, Elseworld environment of uh, Flashpoint Paradox. Uh, Joker Martha Wayne. Yeah, you got Martha Wayne becoming the Joker. When you watch that movie or read that comic, it's really cool how she ends up like the blood ends up creating the smile, smile. on her face. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that's a pretty cool plot twist there. You know, um, she, she and they're crying turns into laughing. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've it's actually, twisted. I've actually, I've actually always wanted to to read more into that. I wish there were some kind of movie or something that, like, an actual uh, Flashpoint paradox um, that, would, that would bring it to life. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I wish because we got two really good actors, um, Laurel something or rather, Laura, Laura something uh, from uh, The Walking Dead, and also from The Walking Dead. Um, Dean Morgan something um, who played Martha Wayne and Thomas Wayne respectively. And they're really good actors and they could pull off the Martha Wayne and Thomas Wayne who became Batman and the Martha Wayne who became the Joker. Oh, he played uh, Thomas Wayne? Batman? Yeah. That, no, no. He played that that character in the Batman vs. Superman movie. Oh. So I would have loved to see those characters become the, the alternate universe Batman and, and Joker respectively. Mm. I think that would have been really cool. But anyway, um, yeah, Martha Wayne, man. I mean... She's a mother, you know, she's a, she's a complete mom, you know, she, um, gave birth to one of the most important heroes I'm of sure any world. Be, I'm pretty sure there must be one, like one comic series mm -hmm. where she actually like fights bad guys. I would love, oh, where she fights bad guys. I mean, Martha Wayne. I don't know. What, what's, yeah. the, what's the Martha with you, bro? I don't know. Did you catch what I just did? I made a funny. Are you going to do the... Are you going to... No, I won't do the super dad joke pun dab. The podcast audience isn't worthy of it. Ugh. Anyway, so yeah, Martha Wayne, just because of her importance as a mother, bringing Bruce Wayne to life, uh, we have to have her at the top of the list. So she is our number two. And are you ready for the number one? This is, uh, this is going to get uh, crazy and extraterrestrial okay, up in here. Let's just have a drum roll. A drum roll? Mm -hmm. Okay. The number one spot for our top fictional mothers goes to... Alien Queen. The Xenomorph Queen, ladies and gentlemen. The mother of all mothers. The creepiest of all mothers. Which you might be saying, the Xenomorph Queen doesn't really give birth to the aliens itself. But... Right. In, in uh, Alien Resurrection, it gives birth to aliens. That's right, because she got mixed in with uh, Ripley's DNA, and the female DNA gave her the ability to, give, like a mammal, give birth to the full child instead of just, laying eggs. And then the and then the creepy crawlies, and then the chest bursters. Right, yeah. No more in-between. She was able to give birth straight to straight-up xenomorphs. Mm-hmm. And, um, but yeah, I mean, let's talk about this. Gorilla Xenomorph. What? Gorilla Xenomorph. Gorilla Xenomorph? Yeah. Ah, you've been doing research, huh? Yeah. Yeah, we mentioned Gorilla Xenomorphs in our Who'd Win in a Fight Battle. Mm, which is a pretty cool, uh, is a pretty cool new segment. Yes, it is. And, um, the Alien Queen. Man, 
she is by far one of the biggest surprises um, from the Alien franchise. Like in the first Alien movie, all we see is a single xenomorph and a few face huggers. We never get to see only who is laying xenomorph? those eggs. Yeah, there was only one xenomorph in the entire movie. Mm, that's why it was called Alien. That and then the correct. second movie is called Aliens. Exactly. Such it. a hard title to discover. I know, right? Like, what do we call this thing? There's a bunch of aliens. Oh, there's more than one now? Yeah, call it Aliens. <laughs> so anyway, um, the the big question, right? When After the, the first movie, mm -hmm. if you watch that first Alien movie, is, wait a minute, so... This alien creature came out of this guy's chest. The guy's chest had a an egg put in it through this face hugger creature. The face hugger creature came out of these eggs. Where did the eggs come from? And that, of course, is answered in the movie Aliens, where we come across this incredible scene where Ripley is exploring this base on... Aliens, the second one? Yeah, the second movie. Ripley is exploring this base, and she gets basically deep into the hive, deep into the nest... Wasn't there a scene where Ripley uh, beat up an alien queen with like a yes. mech? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, uh, that, construction yeah that's a few scenes down after this one that I'm describing. Mm. But the first time that she encounters the queen, the queen is actually not just walking around and loose. The queen is attached through a bunch of like tentacle-like things. They're not soft tentacles, though. They're like this weird black tentacle, hard tentacle-like things. But she's attached to, like, the entire room almost. Like, and like so it how doesn't... she was, like, with the chains in AVP? Yeah, no, but more than that. Like, more graphic than that. Because that in that, the chains are just holding her up. But, but in, in this, this one... instance, it looks like she is attached to the room. Mm. It's really it's really crazy. And, and on, on top of that, her butt is connected... <laughs> I have no better way of describing that. Her butt is connected to this gigantic abdomen, <laughs> like this giant thing, where there is a ton of eggs in there, and then that and they giant come out like every few seconds. Yeah, that giant pouch has a little spout, and out of that spout is where the eggs whoop, like <laughs> flop out. It's uh, disgusting. Ew, that sound though. I know. One more time. ASMR. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. No. Uh, we should totally do an episode where it's just ASMR and we do disgusting sounds from science fiction. <laughs> Wait, that's not a bad idea. Let's think about that for a sec. Anyway, all right. So then, so hear me out. So then, that's when Ripley sees her and the queen can't do anything. Mm -hmm. And Ripley is like threatening the queen by pointing her flamethrower at the eggs that mm -hmm. she's been laying. And the queen stops all the xenomorphs from, from getting closer to attack Ripley because mm -hmm. she doesn't want her babies being hurt again. Cause she's such a great mom, mm -hmm. you know, probably poison ivy. She doesn't want her plants being hurt. Exactly. Yeah. But she actually gave birth to these babies. Mm -hmm. anyway, to the face huggers. To the face hugger babies. Um, baby face hunters. <laughs> and, and then what ends up happening is that when Ripley sets the entire base, like self-destruct or something, like things are starting to burn and collapse and stuff. The alien queen breaks herself free from that gigantic abdomen that's attached to her butt. <laughs> and she breaks herself free from those things that are holding her to the room, to like the ceiling and stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's the first time that we see the alien queen in the classic form that we know her now. Mm -hmm. And we realize like, oh my God, this thing that we thought was like this trapped animal in this room can now chase Ripley. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So when she starts chasing Ripley, it's like the T-Rex chasing the people in Jurassic Park 1. It's like that giant boulder chasing Indiana Jones um, in... in, uh, in Indiana Jones. The Temple, Temple of Doom? Yeah. It's such an intense scene because, again, it was this creature that we thought was immobile. Like, it couldn't move. But no, she's fast and she's powerful. And then... We see her hide in like the landing gear of the ship that Ripley gets in on. Oh, uh, the Alien Queen. Yeah, and so basically, when the ship is taking off, Ripley thinks everything's okay. Like she thinks, mm-hmm. you know, she made it out. She's good. She she saved Newt. Next thing she knows, she battles uh, the Alien Queen with a Mechzord. Yep. A a a a Megazord. A Megazord. <laughs> yeah. After the Queen rips poor Bishop in half. Uh, he's the android. Oh, the android. Yeah, yeah, he's an android, and he rips. She rips him in half, and that's how they realize that the queen was there. Like the tail, like suddenly Bishop is talking. He's like chilling, like yeah, let's make some bagels, and then suddenly, they, <laughs> <laughs> let's make some bagels. Yeah, and then suddenly a gigantic spike comes through him, and then like she raises him slowly, and she like descends, and then she comes into frame. Man. I'm telling you, the, the cinematography in this film is oh so Oh my god, great. she rips him in half. She must be rips juggernaut. Him in half. She yeah. must be juggernaut ripping Deadpool in half. Something like that. It looked just like that, actually. Oh. And his guts were like all coming out. But they're like robot guts, so they were like just white and milky. Hmm. They had milk for blood for some reason. It was really weird. <laughs> they did? Yeah, it was like this milky substance. Just like white liquid. Anyway, so then and then comes that famous battle where that's Ripley like some bagels. Yeah, that's probably what he was thinking. And then comes that famous battle where Ripley gets into that mech suit thing, the yellow mech suit thing, and she battles the queen. Why do they have this technology? Oh, those they use they used to use those just to like load cargo and stuff. Oh. Ripley actually earlier in the movie, in the movie Aliens, she learned how to use it. Because she wasn't supposed to be there to fight. She was just supposed to be there to like give the marines mm-hmm. the colonial marines information on how to defeat the aliens because she was the one that defeated the alien in the first movie mm-hmm. so she was only going to give them information but then of course she found herself in the battle um but yeah the uh and the alien queen. The crap out of the alien queen yes uh and then the alien queen of course made appearances in several other movies like avp, AVP that AVP was dope Wegrium? no she wasn't in the Wim, i don't think uh she was in definitely an avp and she fought that last predator which was really mm-hmm. dope um, she was in uh, Alien Resurrection. She was. Where else has she been? I think that's it, actually. But yeah, uh, we feel like she is one of the most terrifying mothers mm-hmm. in all of science fiction. She is one of the most bizarre looking creatures in all of science fiction. Um, but she is a very loving mother. Mm-hmm. Yes, she is. And so we honor her today on Mother's Day for being the most creepy and scary mother out there. Mm-hmm. Now yes, let's do. now let's um say now let's say how much we love our mothers. Yes, let's talk about our moms and grandmas. So you want to start off? Uh, sure. All right. So talk about your t- talk about your mom or tell her um wish her happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day, mommy. I hope that you have a great Mother's Day, and I hope that you have fun. Yep. And same thing to me. My mom uh, speaks mainly Spanish. So, Feliz Dia de la Madre, Mami. Te amo, te amo, te amo. Gracias por haberme dado vida. Y sin ti no tendrías a este nieto acá felicitándote por el Dia de las Madres. And to our grandmothers also, Happy mm-hmm. Mother's Day. And to my girlfriend, Gwen, I love you, baby. You're one of the best moms I've ever known. Love you, Tata. Love you, Abuelita. 
and uh, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. All of you who are actually not fictional mothers, but real mothers. All of you who aren't, um, like, fake. Yes. Or horrendous alien creatures. Yeah. We love you all. Thank you for being human. Mm-hmm. All right. So with that, we will end this episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'd love to hear who would make your top three list of uh, best moms in fictional in the in fictional properties. Maybe there's somebody that we miss. We'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, let us know. You can email us at uh, g101podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we are on Instagram and Twitter. At g101podcast. So holler at us. Let us know if we missed anybody or who would make your top list. Yeah, yes, please. And also, uh, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, you have the ability to leave us a review and leave us a rating. We would love if you would do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think that concludes our Mother Day episode. Mm-hmm. Thank you guys for listening. Catch you in the next episode. Goodbye. Human has been neutralized. Game over.